this is the final week of this series that uh, I really felt like the Lord gave me to give to you about the mind monsters you and I sort of walk through in our daily life, our, our thought life. Your life moves in the direction of your most consistent thoughts. You need to write that down. I didn't put it on the screen, but it's good that your life moves in the direction of your most consistent thought. And in other words, if you believe, we used to tell our children, if you believe you can, you can. And if you believe you cannot, you won't. Why is that? Because your life, even as a child, it, you move in the direction of your most consistent thought. If, if, you're, if you're inundated with insecurity and, and, and anger and worry and sadness and despair and guilt, your life moves in the direction of anger and guilt and despair and insecurity. And you'll actually create a world where those thoughts thrive because that's where your life has built. Are you understanding that? That you'll look around your world and you'll go, how did I get this marriage? How did I get in this situation in my job where it's always this cycle I go through in my career? How did I get in this situation with our kids? And it's probably, if you're... if. If you were honest and, and introspective uh, enough, if you had enough insight, you could point back to the thought that you had, maybe as a, as a young person or a child or early in your marriage, that, you know, there were things that were said or things that you believed started in your mind that created the world, the reality that you currently live. And you and I have the ability to take control of our minds. Say amen to that. We have the ability. Second Corinthians says it like this, that we demolish arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up, this is our theme verse against the knowledge of God, and we take captive. There's our part. That's we, we, get the, we, we have the power. You don't have to wait on some lightning bolt from heaven for your mind to get right. You can demolish arguments, and you can take captive every thought in your mind and make it obedient to Christ. In other words, the Bible is saying you need to know God's Word enough that when you have a thought come into your mind that's contrary to the Word of God, you're able to take that thought captive and say, no, that's not what God says. Here's what God says. And you're able to demolish that argument, that thought that would, that would uh, exalt itself against what you know to be true about God. It's why Bible study and reading is so important. It's why I tell our team often, and let me teach you, that you, you, you need to be a self Feeder. You, do you know what that means? Shake your head this way if you understand what, I, what, what I'm telling you. Good, three of you. You, you. you need to learn how to feed yourself God's Word. I remember when our children were small. One of the, You always think, man, I, I can't wait until. You know what, all the parents, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't wait until we're out of diapers. Anybody with me on that? I can't wait until they sleep all night long. So far, we're eight years in. It's not yet, so I don't know <laughs> when that happens, but uh, I can't wait until they're walking, so I don't have to carry that big joker around all the time. You know, just rise up and walk in Jesus' name. I can't, and, and one of the benchmarks was I can't wait till they can feed themselves, because I get, I just, I have a, I have a little weak stomach, and the idea of baby food, like even now, like saying that makes me a little, <laughs> I got to be honest, just the like the little green peas, and I can't think about it too much. But anyway, I, I did not enjoy the whole feeding my baby situation. I know it. Mama loved it, and, and Brandy just thought it was sweet. Maybe you think it's sweet. I think it's nasty. And I couldn't wait till they could feed themselves. There's just this, 
There comes a point in your life and spiritual maturity when you're going to have to learn how to feed yourself. Because you can't wait for Sunday for me to preach the Word of God over your life for you to take a thought captive. If you do that, by the time Tuesday comes around and you've got insecurity battling in your mind, fear or worry in your mind, then you don't have God's Word hid in your heart. You don't have enough feeding in your own heart. You're not going to be able to take it captive. Are you with me? Say amen. Now you'll live from Tuesday to Sunday in hell in your mind till you get back to God's house. And I preach the word of God over your life. It's powerful enough to do that, but you don't have to live that way. You're going to have to learn how to, how to have God's word in your life. And, and I want to give you another memory verse. How many of you remember memory verses? from? We do that in kids' ministry right now. I want our kids to learn the word of God, to memorize it. That David said it like this, that I've hid your word in my heart that I may not sin against it. Like there's something about memorize. I want you to memorize Romans 12 and 2. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be, everybody say transformed. Be transformed. You can rewire your brain to not always go to the worst case scenario. All the worry warts. Look at me. You can train your mind not to bite your nails down to your knuckle. You can be transformed, but it starts by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove that when you get through, let me, let me interpret this for you, when you get through your situation, that thing that you worried about, the fear that you had, the insecurity that you had, the doubt that you had, when you get through it, you'll realize you've proven what was the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, you'll look back on that situation and go, I knew God was working on my behalf. I knew God was going to come through. And in the middle of it, I trained my mind what I knew in my heart. You're going to have to learn how to exterminate those things in your mind. Earlier this year, Brandy and I, I went downstairs one morning uh, early and uh, on our counter uh, by the, uh, the outside wall of our home, there were these t they're tiny little ants. Anybody know what I'm talking about? These little bitty little ants. And, and when I tell you in the course of 24 hours, they had formed an army of millions. Are you with me on this? It wasn't an ant or two here or there. I told Brandy, this is impressive. I mean, this is like... This is like a, this is an, this is an arm. I mean, they're marching by like, it's, I've never seen anything like it. And they're on the backsplash and they're, and, and they're in that outside wall. So we, so, and, and it, it, what amazing to me was how fast they multiplied. So like the longer the day or even in the next day, we, you know, I sprayed some stuff and I thought, well, that, you know, that, that'd be over with. And the next day it was more than that. Like it was just, and so. I, I am not smart in a lot of ways, but listen to me. I, it don't take me long to figure out what I don't know. Are you with me on that? And I don't know that I can live but about 24 hours with bugs. That's about all I got in me, okay? Some of you are more manly than me. I don't like mice. I'm going to stand on a chair. I'm going to make Brandy kill something. I don't like spiders. The other day, crickets, we had uh, the, the plague of the Lord. Did y'all have that? Literally the plague from Egypt in my home. I told Brandy, you're going to have to go deal with them. I don't like them. I don't like how they jump. They, I can't trust them. I'll get one here. It'll jump over there. I don't like it. So I knew I had to call for help. So we called the exterminator. We had 
pest control normally, and we just called and said, y'all, y'all, something ain't right. And, and so they came very quickly and exterminated that and dealt with it and said, oh, it's the, it's the weather, and I don't care what it is. I'll burn this house down. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? I'll leave it just like this, wearing what I got, and we'll go start over somewhere. I'm not going to live like this. Anymore, and, and they exterminated. The best Halloween movie, and forgive me for all you super spiritual people, but the best Halloween movie ever made was Ghostbusters 1. Where are you at on that, everybody? Dan Aykroyd, come on, they ain't nothing like Slimer. They ain't nothing like that stuff. You're at some point, listen, at some point in your life, you're going to have to learn how to exterminate, how to finally get rid of what's tormenting you. How to finally decide, I need something in my life to once and for all get rid of these things that multiply in my mind. This fear, that that this worry, this thing that just invades every corner of my mind, and they seem to take over and multiply quickly. You're going to have to learn. And and I think I know the exterminator. I, I believe, listen close, let me give you the whole message in this one sentence. I think that faith, that faith is the exterminator of every wrong thought in your mind. I think that it's impossible, the Bible says, to please God without faith. I think that faith is the beginning and the ending of our salvation. Matter of fact, you can't come to God unless you believe that He is. The Bible said that first they must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. That faith is that thing that you and I have. And listen... I know you've heard the word faith a thousand times. I know you've heard messages about it. But hearing it and believing it are two different things. Hearing about faith and applying faith and calling faith into your life are two different things. The number one and all-encompassing benefit of faith in your heart and your mind is that faith, listen close, will not share space with wrong thinking. It is impossible for your mind to be full of faith and full of fear simultaneously. Faith will not share space in your mind with worry, with doubt, with insecurity. You either have it or you don't. It's either exterminating every wrong thought or it is not present in your life. So, my job for you today on this last week of Triggered is to help increase your faith, to know what faith is so that you can take these thoughts. When faith increases, listen, when faith increases in your mind, doubt starts decreasing. When faith walks in the room, worry walks out of the room. When faith stands up sadness and despair and imaginations have to sit down. When faith rises, your insecurities start shrinking. And when faith is in residence, those monsters in your mind cannot stay there. Shout amen to that. You need an infusion. You'll never know what faith can do in your life until you call on it, until you fill your heart with it. Until, it, until it's active in your life. And I want you to be a people of faith. I want you to be a couple of faith. I want you to be a married couple that says, I know that things are tough. I know problems are coming in. I know that we don't have all the answers. But we're going to live by faith. We're going to have faith in God. We're going to have faith in God's power. We don't know how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, where God's going to open the door, but we have faith. And when you increase your faith, 
You take control of your mind. You'll literally get your mind. Come on, Stella will get her groove back. You will get your mind back when you occupy every corner of your mind with faith. Hebrews 11 and 1 says it like this. Now faith is the substance. It's a physical thing. It's... It's a, it's a tangible feeling. It's a substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things you cannot see. You need to commit it to memory. Write it on your mirror. Now faith is the substance. It's the thing I can hold on. Pastor, what do we hold on to when we lose our job? This past seven days, from last Sunday to this Sunday, there have been three Dream Teamers personally tell me they've lost their jobs. Three. It's the fourth quarter. It's, it's Christmas time. It's right at the end. Two of them moved to San Antonio just for the job that they lost within the course of the first 12 months of them being here. It's an attack of the enemy. By the way, at the offering, I'm going to pray. God's going to give you a better job than you could have ever imagined in Jesus' name. God's going to open the door for that. Listen, what do I do when we don't know what to do? What do we do when we lose our job? What do I do when my kids have gone crazy and I don't know how, I don't know, I don't even know what to say. I don't know how to rope them back in. I don't know what I'm supposed to be praying for. What do I do when when the health crisis arises and I feel like I can't get out? Faith is the substance. It's the thing you can hold on to when you're hoping for something else. And it's the thing that will, it is the exterminator. It's that poison they put out in your house that whatever it was, all them little ants ate that junk and took it back and killed that joker that was starting the whole, you understand what I'm telling you? I don't know how it works. I don't know what poison it was. Don't come at me with organic, none of that either. I don't care nothing about that. It could have been napalm for all I care about. Kill the ants in Jesus' name. If my dog dies in the meantime, so be it. Like, I don't care what happens. <laughs> Faith is that thing that when negativity and doubt and fear and worry and insecurity and imaginations, when they raise up in your mind, it will exterminate them in every corner of your mind. That's what you need. Matter of fact, the entire chapter of Hebrews 11 talks, it's filled with people who had the mindset of faith. I, I'm just, I didn't put it on the screen, but I want to read to you. I just Let's hear God's word over you of everything that, the, that they accomplished through faith. What more shall I say, verse 32 of Hebrews 11? You need to read it uh, for yourself. Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth, also David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith, listen, all of this through faith, they subdued kingdoms, they worked righteousness, they obtained promises, they stopped the mouths of lions, they quenched the violence of the fire, they escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, I don't even know what that means, but that sounds terrible. The armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might attain a better resurrection. Others had trial of mockings and scourgings and chains and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered in sheepskins and goatskins. They were destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains. They wandered in dens and caves. And all of these obtained a good testimony through faith. Listen to me. Nothing you're going through today can't be conquered. 
without faith. There's nothing that you have. There is no desert you'll walk through, no dry season, no wandering time that faith isn't the key to the deliverance is your mind, inside of your mind. So I want to get, I ask the Lord, God, tell me how to, how to talk about faith a different way. I never do this because i got to be honest with you, it's a little cheesy, but I'm going to give you an acronym, all right? I'm not a big acronym kind of guy. It's a little cheesy sometimes, and so just let one Sunday out of 52, let me be cheesy. Will you all let me do that today? I want to I give you how you can walk in faith. Are you ready for it? Say, I'm ready. I want to give you how you can walk in faith. Number one, you got to focus on the positive. Everything in your life has pros and cons. We're all my pro and con list makers. I love that. I am a pro and con list maker. I'll make pros and cons about making pros and cons about other things. We could make pros and cons about this, or we couldn't make pros and cons about this. Everything. There is no such thing. Let, let, let me. I just let me let me set you free. There's no such thing as a perfect husband. There. Hang on. Don't amen that loud. There's no such thing as a perfect wife. There are no perfect in-laws. You can amen to that. There are no perfect jobs. There's, but, but listen to me. There's something about your current job that the person on your row has been praying for for the last 10 years and you've complained about the last 10 days. Everything has a struggle. Nothing is perfect. Nothing. It, there are no perfect churches. I got to be honest. I think this one is as close as God would allow us to get to. But there are no perfect. It was perfect till I got here. It was perfect until we all got here. Everything was good until people got involved. It, it's not all bad, but it's not all good. Both are present. It's amazing to me about our church. I can hear people that there are people who, who decide to go to a different church and they tell me everything wrong with our church. And I and this I think this is God does this just for me. In the same day, I'll have someone meet with me and tell me how those things that the other person said were wrong changed their lives. Why? Because there is no perfect church. Nothing's right. So you get a choice in your life if you want faith to grow. To focus on what's right, not what's wrong in every area of your life. Focus on what's positive in your life. Ask yourself this question. Has my life gotten better since I started complaining? Every time I focus on what's wrong with my spouse, does my marriage get better or do I get hit in the face? Come on, somebody. Like every, every time I complain about what's wrong in our finances, do we get any more money? Or does it seem like it gets worse? If you focus on the negative, it will, it's amazing how that tends to duplicate and multiply in your life. Faith does not make your problems go away. I'm not telling you to live delusional, but it gives you perspective on your problems. Faith is not about ignoring the flat tire. Faith is not about ignoring the balance in your checkbook. Faith is about not obsessing about the problems in your life. I have met people who want God to answer in their life, but they obsess on everything wrong with it. You'll never be able to live in faith focusing on what's negative. You'll only be able to live in faith when you... And you're going to have to retrain yourself to walk by faith is to focus on the positive. Are you there? Say amen.
Some of you didn't even know the glass was half full. You, you don't even like glasses. Come on, you like, you rather, you'd pour out everybody else's glass because you're so glass half negative. You're going ha- to have to decide to focus on what I do have. Don't focus on what's left. Focus on what you have left. Don't focus on what's wrong. Focus on the positive. Say amen to that. A, I told you I hate, I, don't, I, can't, I can't say it again. It just gives me the willies. So just know they're an acronym, okay? You got to affirm yourself. Now, this is not a power of positive thinking presentation. That's a good presentation, by the way. But this is not the power of positive thinking. This is actually a biblical concept that you affirm yourself even when you're quiet there's a conversation going on in your head does anybody know what I'm talking about about that self-talk going on in your head we talk to ourselves more than we talk to anybody else in the world I do there's this conversation constantly going on we listen to ourselves more than we listen to anybody else your spouse can tell you every day how beautiful you are but if in your mind there's a voice that tells you you're ugly fat no good never gonna amount it doesn't matter how much they say your voice in your head is louder than their voice in your life we we self Talk. The problem is when you start answering yourself. Now there's a like you need to see somebody. You know, like there's always this conversation. What you affect, what, what you listen to in your mind will affect your life more than anything else. So if that's true, and it is, that's not for debate, by the way. Listen close. If what is inside your head, if the voice that you hear the most will affect your life the most, and it will, why not make that a voice of affirmation? Why not train your mind? And this is a biblical concept. Here's what the Bible says in Joel 3. You ought to read the whole book of Joel this week. It says, let the weak say, I am strong. The Bible, didn't, it never said, let the weak transition into being strong. It didn't say, you're weak now, but hang on, baby. You're going to be strong tomorrow. It didn't say, I know this situation looks weak, but everything's going to work out. You're going to be strong. It never promised you strength, but it's teaching you to say what it is you need to happen in your life. You've got to learn how to affirm yourself. You're going to have to learn how to, talk, what I call, talk it up. You're going to have to, matter of fact, this is what we train our communicators who preach on this stage, to talk up to you, never down to you. I'm never talking to the lowest common denominator in the room. I always want to preach to your potential, not to your past. Amen, everybody. I want, you're going to have to learn how to train yourself to talk yourself up. You say, well, man, that, that, that could get arrogant. No, 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 because you've got so much insecurity, it's holding you back from the promises of God in your life. I'm not saying you stand in front of the mirror and say, I'm six foot three in Jesus' name. I've done that. It doesn't work. But I have had to stand in front of the mirror and say, it doesn't matter if anybody comes to church today, I'm going to preach the Word of God with, without fear. I'm going to get up and give my very best. I'm anointed and called by God. Come on, you're going to have to affirm yourself. When you feel weak, 
Look in the mirror and say, you're not going to give in to this weakness. You're a child of God, made in the image of God. You're forgiven. You're powerful. You're strong. You're valuable. You have purpose. You have destiny. You need to affirm yourself. You need to say it out loud, not just in your head. Let the weak say, I am strong. When you mess up, tell yourself, get back up. When, you, when, you, when there's sin in your life, tell yourself, I'm going to God for forgiveness. I, I will not mess up again. When you're doing the right thing, but you're discouraged by a slow harvest, tell yourself, in due time, I will reap if I don't give up. When people who love you talk straight to you, and they correct you, and there's rebuke in your life, tell yourself, they love me. They're making me better. They're encouraging me. Don't, don't let offense creep into your mind. you got to affirm yourself. you got to talk yourself into it, into blessing, into peace, into joy, into hope. There's enough enemy trying to talk you out of it. You're going to have to talk yourself into it in Jesus' name. Shout a better amen than that. I'm just teaching you how to live by faith. Where faith replaces those triggering things in your mind. Affirm yourself. The next one's imagine God. Write this down. Imagine. Imagine God doing something good. Imagine God. doing. Focus on the positive. Affirm yourself and imagine God doing something good. Do you know that God gave you your imagination to use for His purpose? God gave you your imagination. Now, some of you have a wild imagination. Some of you, some of you, some of you have, I have children with wild imaginations, which I love, by the way, especially my little girl. She's an artist, and she will create whole worlds in art in just a wild imagination. Do you know that God gave you that? so that you could imagine things that aren't there, so that you could learn how to trust God for something that you don't currently see. you got to imagine God. Jesus taught it this way. Watch this, Mark 11. He says, whatever you ask for in prayer, so you're praying for this thing to happen, for your children to come to God, for your spouse to surrender to God, for finances to increase, for a new job, for healing in your body. When you're in prayer... Believe that you received it, and it will be yours. Notice the past tense. Believe that you have received it. What is that? That's an imagination. You're imagining God doing something good in your life. You need to learn when you close your eyes in prayer to let your imagination go to being healed and whole. Go ahead and imagine that new job. You don't know where it is. You don't know what the office looks like, but imagine where it is. Imagine what kind of building it looks like. Imagine in your mind. Imagine the day that your child comes back to church and sitting beside you. Let your imagination go to God touching your spouse. And you, you can see them raise their hand at the end of the service. You see your spouse getting baptized. Like Let your mind imagine. Believing you receiving is a reference to you imagining God doing something good. Faith is seeing something that is not as though it were. That's an imagination. God wants you to awaken that imagination that He gave you for good. You've got to imagine that God's at work. See yourself in those situations. See God working in you. Matter of fact, right now, close your eyes. Let's, let's, I want you to exercise. 
Come on, imagine that prayer being answered. Imagine that day that God steps in and heals completely. The doctors are baffled. You go back to the appointment, they say, I don't know, sir, I don't know where it went. I don't know, ma'am, I don't know. I know what the other x-ray showed, and it doesn't show it anymore. Imagine your finances finally coming together, God blessing that, and you, you, you being fulfilled in your career once and for all, like knowing that you're doing what God called you to do. Imagine your friends and family coming to God. Imagine that there's somebody, you're, imagine that brother that you've prayed for, that, that sister, that the physical brother or sister in your life that you've prayed for to come back to God. I want you to imagine the day they wander in the back of the church. God gets a hold of their heart. Now open your eyes. When you pray, believe that you have received it. That takes care of those monsters in your mind. That exterminates that doubt of, I don't know if it'll ever happen. That, that once and for all, kill that faith-building exercise will kill insecurities and worry and fear in Jesus' name. Here's the next one. You're going to have to learn how to trust God in everything. Trust God in everything. It doesn't take much faith to trust God in the good times. It takes a lot of faith to trust God in everything. In everything. In everything. I trust God for everything. It, it, it doesn't take a lot, of, a lot of faith to say, God, I trust you because I still have a paycheck. It takes a ton of faith to trust God when they let you go. It doesn't take a lot of faith when you seem healthy. It takes a lot of faith when you leave the doctor's appointment with bad news. You're going to have to learn how to trust God in everything. And, and the only way I know how to teach this to you is to tell you not to depend on you. Don't dep- we live in such a self-reliant, self, like, the, I, I can do this, I got this, girl power, if, especially if you're a girl, God, <laughs> sorry, I can do this. We can, we can, I, I got this. I'm strong enough. Listen to me. You are, not, if you were strong enough, you wouldn't need God. Don't depend on you. Depend on God. Don't wait for God to earn it. Because in our, in our natural relationships, we say, well, I can't trust you till you earn my trust. God doesn't ha- God's already earned your trust when He gave His Son, Jesus, to die for you. Now you can trust Him with your whole life. I'm always surprised at people who can trust God for their eternal salvation, but they can't trust God for their paycheck on Friday. You can trust God for eternity in heaven and not hell, but you can't trust God to save your lost loved one. Trust God in everything. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's that exterminator in your mind. And don't lean on you. Don't depend on you. Most people have lived long enough that life has taught you that you can only depend on you. And I'm telling you, it's countercultural to that. 
I know you think, well, I can only depend on me. My parents let me down. This job let me down. My spouse, my ex-spouse let me down. My family let me down. This job let me down. i got to take care of me. But if you're going to live the life God has called you to live, you're going to have to earn, learn how to be dependent on you and learn how to be dependent on God. That's good Bible teaching right there. i got to be honest with you. You're going to have to learn to trust God in every. Pastor, what does that feel like? It's scary. It feels like you're not trusting you. It feels like you're trusting things you don't fully understand. Trust anyway. Trust God in everything. And I, I, I'll tell you a, a line, and then I'll preach the last thing to you, and, and we'll pray. Uh, B- Bishop T.F. Tenney, in, in my life, he's gone on to be with the Lord now. He's with Jesus now. But I, for years and years and years and years and years, he would teach us in settings with other pastors. I would be there, and he would say in this high-pitched voice, he would, I, could, I can hear it in my... Matter of fact, the last time we were together, I was with four or five pastors, and he was teaching us and pouring his life into us. And he said, men, guys, when you can't track him, you can trust him. That all of my life I've tried to decide the presence of God by where I could track the presence of God. Well, God must be here because it's working out. Oh, God must want me to do that because that's the easy way. God must be open. But there there are more times in my life than not when I can't track where God is. Am I the only one? And when you can't track him, you can trust him. When I can't see how he's working this out. I can trust He's working all things for my good. When I can't see how He's opening the door, I can trust that He's a way maker. When I can't see how we're going to win this battle, I can trust that I will see a victory in Jesus' name. Are you still there? Shout a good amen. Let me give you the last thing and we'll pray. F-A-I-T-H. you got to hope for the best. In the Old Testament, come play Henry. In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, the word hope is different than what you and I put hope in. Hope is not wishful thinking. Okay? I, I hope the Spurs have a better season than they had last year. <laughs> I, I hope LeBron breaks his knee. Anyway, I... That was not the anointed part of my message. Or maybe it was. <laughs> I, c- come on, come on, stay, stay, stay locked in. Look, look. I, 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 hope, I hope the Astros win. Come on, everybody, World Series bound. I hope. That's wishful thinking. Listen. And so we misuse this word hope, and we'll start, we'll start thinking, well, that's just wishful thinking. Well, I, I hope one day that my husband gets saved, or I hope one day that things work out. That's not, that's not biblical hope. Biblical hope, listen close, in the Old Testament or the New Testament, biblical hope is an expectation of the good things of God in your life. It is a literal expectation. I expect, that's what biblical hope is, I expect God to move. Pastor, what are we going to do about a building? Look, Look at me, listen to me. I fully expect a miracle in Jesus' name. I'm not just wishful thinking, hoping for it. I fully expect to stand on this stage and tell you God did exactly what I expected Him to do. That's hoping for the best. 
You're going to have to, you'll receive, I didn't write this on the screen, but write this down. You'll receive from God at the level of your expectation. So there's a story in the Bible in the Old Testament about a woman who encountered a prophet. She, she only had enough oil and, and meal and flour to make just their last piece of bread, and they were going to die, her and her son were going to die. And, and if you're new to the Bible, the prophet tells her something strange, just to keep pouring, this, make this cake first, and then just keep pouring. And she would continue to bring in these pots that were, that were filled, as much as she poured out, it was, just, it was continuously filled. Continuously filled. Jesus' first miracle, he turns water into wine. You know how much wine he produced in the miracle? As much water as they brought him. In other words, if they would have brought him 55-gallon barrels of water, guess how much wine they would have? 55 barrels worth of wine. Because God will fill at your level of expectation. And some of us, listen, life and hurt and problems have trained us to lower our expectation of good. Well, it probably won't work. Well, it's probably not going to come together. Well, it's pro- we're probably going to lose the house. Well, I probably won't find the right job. Well, I don't see a way this is going to come through. And if you're going to exterminate those things in your mind once and for all, you're going to have to learn to raise your level of expectation. Disappointments have lowered it. The world has lowered There are voices in this world that want to throw water on every spark of hope you've got. Stand against it. Be the people of hope. Let's, let's be the people who believe God. Recklessly believing God. Expecting that God's going to come through. That's faith. That's faith. Faith has the power. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you at the end of this series. Uh, listen, we're under attack from the enemy. i got one minute to, to preach. Look at me. D- just stay locked in for 60 more seconds. We are under attack from the enemy. Let me be the sounding of an alarm. The enemy is attacking our peace and joy. It is, it is demonic oppression for the spirit of suicide and depression and anxiety and stress. And I stand against it over this church in Jesus' mighty name. Stretch forth your hands. Let me, let, let, let me just prophesy over you. Would you let me do that? Would you receive this word from God? Father, I pray for every trigger, everything that's rising up, every insecurity. When, when, when you feel the presence of God, I want you to stand because some of you are going to feel it and you're going to know this word's for you. I stand against every sleepless night in Jesus' name. I rebuke every imagination, everything that's, that you've built a whole story in your head that has yet to happen, but you believe the worst. Whew. I command the spirit of suicide off of you in Jesus' name. I rebuke the spirit of fear. If you're battling fear of the unknown, 
of what could, what's going to happen. I'm speaking to somebody right now who's worried about your family. What if I die and what happens to my family? I command insecurity that you're not enough, you're not good enough, you're not capable enough, you're not powerful enough. I stand against insecurity in Jesus' name. I stand against worry. If that's you, come on, I'm worried about what the future holds. I'm worried about our kids. I'm worried about our bills. I'm worried. I don't know what to do in Jesus' name. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I break the oppression. I curse and rebuke and take authority over every imagination, every pretension, every thought that would exalt itself against what I know to be true about God. I take captive, come on, receive this word over you. I take captive every thought, every vain imagination that is contrary to the truth of God over their lives. That they are valuable in God. Their value comes from Christ and Him alone. I take I take authority over every insecurity that tells them you're not enough, that you are a child of the Most High God on purpose, designed with destiny. I take authority over sleepless nights. You'll find rest in His wings. His wings will overshadow you today in Jesus' name. They'll take reign over you. I take authority and captive every spirit of suicide. You will live and not die, says the Lord. I take authority over worry about your health. In Jesus' name, you're the Lord God that heals us. I curse every sickness and disease and illness and chronic illness. I take authority over it. I speak health to your bones and to your life and to your vital organs. You'll live and not die, says the Lord. I take authority over every fear about your children. Children are a heritage of the Lord. They'll come back to God. They're going to live their destiny. They're going to finally walk into their purpose, your family, your spouse, your children. In Jesus' name, be released from fear and anxiety and worry and doubt and insecurity. All of those triggers in your mind. And come on, receive this. Every other person needs to be standing with your hands up. Receive this word. I speak the word of faith over you. I release the gift of faith in this house. I speak the word of faith over your mind, over your peace, over joys coming back in your marriage. The joy of your salvation is being restored. Peace is coming back to you. Rest is coming to your body. Clarity over every direction. Clarity over every every question, every concern, every worry, every secret place that nobody knows about. In Jesus' name, I declare the power and presence and faith. Let it rise in your heart. The word of faith, I release it in this room. Now, if you receive it, come on with your hands stretched into the air. Come on, I want you to sing. Come on, praise is our weapon. I told you that. I want you to, with your hands raised, I want you to throw your head back. I don't want you to put your head down. I want faith to rise in your heart. 
I want it to rise up in you. Come on. Take somebody by the hand. Take your partner by the hand. Take a spouse. Come on, let's believe together. Father, I pray for my brother, my wife, my husband. I pray for my sister in Jesus' name. I strengthen them. I build them up in their most holy faith. I bear their burdens with them. God, I just believe you to answer in our family. I be- Come on, men, pray that over your children, over your wife, over your finances. Come on, mama, pray that over your children right now. God, I just declare it. I declare it over my sister. I declare breakthrough in their life. Open heaven over them. I declare clarity over them. God, I thank you that you're building up a family of faith, that I can trust them. I pray for them. I bear their burdens. Come on, confess your sins, your faults, one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. I speak healing over your mind. I speak healing in the unity of a church family. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, be healed. Be set free. Be whole in your mind. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, do you receive the word of the Lord today? Let's lift up a shout of praise to Him.